Good morning today. It's great to see each one of you, and uh, we're glad that you've taken the time. We're glad uh, for those of you that are joining us online today, whenever or wherever uh, you're connecting with us, we say welcome, and we believe that the Jesus we feel in this room is the exact same Jesus that we want you to feel as you tune in. And as we speak right now, give a shout out to our Carleton campus. Pastor Clint is out in uh, Carleton. Uh, yeah, you bet. And uh, there's a great group of people meeting in Carleton this morning right now. And uh, same uh, church, different campus, same message, and uh, same Jesus. So uh, shout out to Carleton. If you live in that area, you might want to uh, take advantage of that. But uh, we're in another uh, great psalm today. We've been in this series uh, called the Summer Psalms. So we've been going through and various psalms, not all of them because there's 150, but uh, we're actually in our ninth week, the ninth psalm that we've uh, decided to look at. The psalms, it's interesting, they're some 3,000 years old, but yet they still can relate to what we're facing today. You know, that's what I love about God's Word. Uh, it might be an ancient book, it might be a book written thousands of years ago, but uh, there's not a time goes by that we don't share God's word that someone comes and says, you know what, that was exactly what I needed today. That really connected with what I'm facing. It's because it's God, it's a God thing. It's not us talking, it's not me sharing, it's the Holy Spirit sharing this, so it's timeless. And, uh, and we'll see what God's going to say today through Psalm 84. Now, Psalm 84, if you look up in your Bibles or on your app or on the screen, you'll see that it's for the director uh, of the Sons of Korah. It's a psalm, the Sons of Korah. Now, we've read several psalms by David. There's been some uh, that are uh, anonymous, but this particular psalm is one, the psalm, Sons of Korah. Now, these were uh, related to the Levites. They worked within the temple. Uh, Korah was an individual that was in Moses' day, and he rebelled against Moses' leadership and had a whole group with him and said, hey, we want to go a different direction. Moses, the Bible calls him the most humble leader to ever walk the earth. He said, I tell you what, let's just let God decide what's going to happen. And you might remember the story in the book of Numbers 16, uh, the ground just swallowed him up <laughs> and fire came down and burned up another 250 of them. So I guess God had a plan. And uh, don't you wish God was that decisive today, you know? Let's see, uh, is that person telling the truth? Nope, I guess he's not. Okay. I kind of, <laughs> we'd have a lot of swallowing going on today, wouldn't we, eh? You know? But the sons of Korah did not die, and they became uh, warriors in Chronicles, it talks about them. Others became gatekeepers. Others uh, just contributed to the victory in battle by singing and praising God. You might remember sometimes in the Old Testament, the choirs would go first and praise God. Well, these were the sons of of Korah. So here they are again. And this is a song. It's a song of loving and longing. And it's, it's a spiritual longing for the presence of God. For some reason, the psalmist, the one writing, is away from the courts of God. He's away from the temple. The temple of the living God was where they desired to be. And so he really showcases the temple in this psalm because the temple was God's dwelling place. That was his presence and the place where people would come. And it was their closest approach to God's presence was being near or by or at the temple. 
Let's read it today, and I'm going to read Psalm 84. You can read along with me. I think you're going to recognize some of these uh, lyrics from songs, uh, maybe a couple songs or two. Verse 1 says this, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart, my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on a pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our, look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is the sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who wa whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Now Charles Spurgeon called this the sweetest psalm, and he gave it a nickname called the, the Pearl of the Psalms. And Psalm 84 is not so much a song of triumph, but you can hear kind of the desperation. It's a cry, a desperation, a, this person longing to be in Jerusalem, to worship at the temple. He says, my soul longs, yes, it even faints for the courts of the Lord. He wants to be there so badly that he... He's even jealous of the birds. He said, even birds get a nest close to your temple, but yet I can't be there. For whatever reason, something has, it's kind of unclear, but it's, it, it's delayed or challenged his ability to be able to go. So there's much pain. The psalmist is not where he wants to be. And notice that all is not well, obviously, in this. You can hear it. Life's circumstances have conspired to interrupt his heart's desire. And that's why it's so surprising to hear the majority of this psalm is about blessing. He keeps talking about blessing and blessing. Now, I don't know, like you, maybe you've read this psalm before. I've read this psalm before. But as I read it now, within the challenges of this past year and a half, of the challenges of what we're facing in this pandemic in our, in our culture today. It's, it's a time to kind of rediscover the wisdom and the beauty. And I think I'd like to just share with you three timely lessons that I kind of drew out of this, and I just want to share it with you. First of all, God blessed is so much better than what I think is blessed. Let me just tell you again, being God blessed is greater than what I define as me being blessed. I think hashtags are getting out now. Some of you probably never even got into them. Uh, that's no uh, discouragement on your part. But, uh, you know, the whole hashtag blessed became quite popular for a while. I even tested it out, put a hashtag blessed, and there was about 133 million results. <laughs> uh, so I guess some people are still doing it. Some might be late to the game. 
you, some of you might not even know what a hashtag is yet. We'll talk to your grandkids. It's all right. But generally, when you put hashtag blessed, it, it accompanies photos from fun places and more, more specific selfies of fun places. And many of the posts share this common theme. If it's not said outright, basically it's saying the underlying message is, hey, everyone, look, look at my wonderful life. Uh, hey, everyone, look, look at hashtag blessed. You know, look at my perfect vacay. Here I am, you know, on the beach, you know. Hey, look at my beautiful family, perfectly posed, perched lips. They always look just like this. Hey, hashtag blessed, right? We have been reduced, you know, blessed. But then you have to look at life and say, is that really describe my life? I mean, I can take a selfie and, and say that, but it does, does it describe my life right now? Does it describe your life right now, what you're experiencing? Don't get me wrong, God showers us with tangible blessings of all kinds of ways. If you really start counting your blessings, it'd be a song we used to sing, Count Your Blessings. I've heard of you know, a gratefulness journal, a gratefulness journal where you just write down the things that you're grateful for. But what happens, though, is when the latest thing is handed to you, and it's not a picture-perfect vacation, but... Maybe it's a global pandemic. What do you do when you get handed that? What do you do when you get handed a fractured relationship? What do you do when you get handed a death in your family? What do you do when you get handed a divorce? What do you do when you get handed cancer? What do you hashtag that? Hashtag cursed? Hashtag miserable? But thankfully not. And what we see in the psalm and the psalmist, he refers to blessing three different times throughout first of all he says blessed are those who dwell in your house even singing your praise and then he says blessed are those whose strength is in you whose hearts are on the highway to zion and then he says blessed is the one who trusts in you those who praise god who find strength and trust him those are the blessed he's saying here He's resolving to remind us that, listen, this is, this is going to be the best thing that, that I can do is, is to praise God despite. Now, let me just warn you right now, this is probably the best thing I'm going to say today. The good life is not about having everything you wanted. It's about having God even in the midst of nothing you wanted. The good life is not about having everything go just like you want it to go. It's about having God right in the middle of when things aren't going the way you want it to go. And in the scripture, this primary spiritual meaning of blessed only intensifies, it intensifies with Jesus coming. You know, the Old Testament talks a lot about blessing, but in the New Testament, there's 112 times where in the New Testament it talks about blessed or blessing. And would you know how many of those are focused on material things? Blessing because of what you've got? Blessing because of material things? Of those 112 times, guess how many? <clears throat> Survey said zero. I don't know if you're game show people, but... <laughs> you know, it demonstrates that being truly blessed runs deeper than the concept that has been plastered beside perfect photos on social media. God blessed is so much better than what I think is blessed. God help us 
redefine what we know to be blessed by God. The second thing today is that blessed is not just following your heart. Have you heard that before? Oh, just follow your heart. Follow your heart. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, it says in verse 5. Whose hearts are what? Set on a pilgrimage. It isn't really that that's a fascinating phrase so much, but it's just like this biblical definition of being blessed, that language it's countercultural today that the blessing comes from our journey toward God. And our world is constantly telling you, you need to look within. How many times have you heard this? Look within. Look within yourself to find your strength. Speak your truth, right? Look within to find the truth. But the Psalm 84 really doesn't support that theory. It says true joy it insists is not having an internal compass that says follow me. It's got one that says, follow God. Where's God going? Where's God heading? Happy isn't a heart that just has a, a cul-de-sac. I think some of us kind of, our, our highway that's supposed to be leading to heaven becomes a cul-de-sac, and we begin to just circle around. You ever met people that are just stuck in this cul-de-sac, uh, you know, and they're trying to, dis I'm going to discover myself. I just need to, I just need to cover, discover me. I need to express me. I need to be true to myself i got to do it my way, right? More blessed is the highway leading out of that congested city in pursuit of God and in service of others. Where is God leading you? God leads you. He's always ahead of you. Jesus is always ahead of you. Some of you woke up today and you got reminded by your past because you wake up and there it is. But let me tell you what, that's never Jesus reminding you of your past. He's always out in front of you. We have somebody that likes to remind us of our path, and it's not Jesus. So we must pursue God's agenda over our own, and that's where the blessing is. And the third thing, and we're going to unpack this a little more, is that God's blessing is the strength that you don't have. God's blessing is the strength that you don't have. I don't know if you've ever feared that you wouldn't have the strength to face a particular challenge. Have you ever watched some, something happen to someone and say, I could never do that? Uh, I could never face that. Well, what about that? Well, I could never handle that. I couldn't do that. According to the Bible, we can't face the future yet. You don't have to face the future yet. In 1956, C.S. Lewis was corresponding with a woman who was struggling with worry Worry that she wouldn't have the ability to endure if this or that occurred. She kept communicating to him about this and that. And finally, he wrote to her and he said, Remember one thing. One is given the strength to bear what happens, not the 101 things that might happen. I heard a statistic one time of how many things that we worry about don't ever come to happen. And there's quite a bit of it. But isn't it interesting that God's blessing is that strength you have right when you need it. God is never late, but sometimes I'm watching my watch. Are you with me? Sometimes I go, it's, it's time to show up, God, but there he comes. When will the strength arrive that you need? Most just in time. 
a little, little over a decade before C.S. Lewis's letter was written, there was a Dutch Christian woman, Corrie Ten Boom. I love her story. It's fascinating. And she was barely holding on in a concentration camp. And later in her autobiography, she reflected on God's timing. Can you imagine being in that setting and thinking about, God, how can this be a part of you? And where are you? And God's timing. And as an illustration, she recounted her own anxiety as a six-year-old little girl and something her father told her. And she wrote this, Father sat down on the edge of the narrow bed. Corey, he began gently, when you and I go to Amsterdam, when do I give you your ticket? Well, I sniffed a few times considering this and said, what? Just before I get on the train. And he said, exactly. And our wise Father in heaven knows when you're going to need things too. Don't run out ahead of him, Corey. So good. Can I tell you sometime, I wish God would hurry up, but he won't be rushed. And we see this in this. The spiritual growth, spiritual growth can't be microwaved, right? The Christian life is a pilgrimage. One trusting step after another. And the psalmist even addresses this when he talks about the valley of Baca, or Baca, however you want to say it. It is defined the valley of weeping. Some call it a desert place. How many know life is going to have some weeping? It's going to have some seasons. It's going to have some dry places. But he says, we pass through that valley. And he, he, he's given this this illustration of they're on their way to the temple. They're, there's going to be valleys they have to go to. On their way pursuing God, there's going to be places of dryness. But he says, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains come and cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength. And just imagine this, the, those dry times in your life. And you continue to pursue God. And then all of a sudden you find yourselves up on an unexpected refreshing place. Just spring out of nowhere and, and, and you find, okay, I, I'm here now, I, I, can, I, can make, I can go a little bit further and then this valley would have spring after spring and if they could just get to the next one and they go from strength to strength. God gave me enough strength at this point to make it to the, the next. This side of heaven, we're going to experience the strength to face the trouble and within that is the blessing. We talked about last week, uh, the, the people like to say, well, God will never give you anything you can't handle. Well, that's not in the Bible, and it doesn't even sound right. Because most of my life is stuff I can't handle. Can I tell you that? Most of my life is stuff that I say, God, I give up. And he goes, finally, okay, now we can get somewhere. <laughs> right, Jesus take the wheel as I've got a death grip on it, Right? Usually it's Jesus take the passenger seat and suggest where we might go. But I want to go here, you know. We're going we're gonna to find times like that. And it's amazing how sometimes we can get it wrong and we think people who have no problems are the blessed ones. We, we, we see the, 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 the veneer of someone else's life and we say, well, they must be blessed more than me. But what if the challenges that we face, the, the difficulties in our lives, when God meets us there and where we thought, you know what, we look back and say, I never thought I could go through that, but boy, I, I encountered the strength of God right when I needed it. According to the psalmist, that is the blessing.
I don't know if you've ever seen the book Pilgrim's Progress, but it's, a, it's an allegory of the Christian life uh, lived out in real time and with, with real things, not spiritual terms, but in actual terms, like the, the, the man in the story. Very interesting. Uh, he has a literal burden on his back until he comes to the cross. And then when he gives his life to Christ, the, he feels the relief of the burden rolling away. And, and then he travels along and he gains more of the armor of God because there's real battles and there's real swords and there's real shields. It's quite interesting that this novel by uh, John Bunyan is regarded as one of the most significant works in religious writing. And you know, uh, it was also the first novel written in English about the Christian life. But here's what that shows us, is that life is a test and a trust. And we're tested with difficulty. And we learn, and we grow, and we get angry, and we get depressed, and we cry. And that wasn't supposed to happen in my life, and it's a valley of Baca. And then, just when we're about ready to throw it in, then there's a pool. And okay, I gain some more strength. God sends someone into your life. You receive something, you read something at just the right time, and you just feel God's presence. Maybe you come into an atmosphere like this, and it's a worship song that just kind of lifts the load, and you realize, okay, I can make it a little bit further. That is the blessing. I've heard this testimony over and over. I love documentaries. I don't know about you. I love uh, documentaries on uh, music bands, rock bands. We were talking with Todd about one on uh, the Bee Gees. Come on, somebody. Jesus had to invent uh, disco. I don't know. But there's, then I've, I've watched them on other bands. They all got kind of the same story. They have unforeseen fame, and they get all this money. They don't know what to do with it, and they have a tragic breakup, and, and they get lost in drugs. And then they get clean, and they all come back together and say, oh, let's do music again. Anyway, it, maybe I'm simplifying that too much. But also in our life, I've heard this over and over again. I've heard this testimony, that crisis pregnancy that I thought was going to end it all ended up becoming the greatest blessing that my world cannot live without. That divorce that I thought would actually break me was the door to greater joy and actually a greater story. That diagnosis you feared the most has become a place where you, you would say, boy, in that season, I was never more close to God in my life. And even though the pain was there, you experienced God being there. That's why he can say, I'm not there yet. I want to be there. I want to be where God is at. But it's a blessing that the journey is leading me on. We are in process. That's why the New Testament, everybody say, all things work together for good. Now, the problem is that sounds really good on the outside, but I don't want to go through the process that it takes me to get through to get to the good because there's a lot of difficult things. But God is big enough. God cares enough. His blessing is so much greater than what I define as blessing. That's why he can say, there's some way I'm going to work this for your good. Stay with me. Stay on the highway. Stay moving forward. Don't get lost in the cul-de-sac of me, me, me. Keep looking forward. And we know that the true temple, he's talking temple, 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 this building in, in Jerusalem, but the true temple, Jesus. For the Christian, the temple looks different than it did for this psalmist. A thousand years after Psalm 84 was written, Jesus arrives 
on the scene in Jerusalem, and he says things like, if you destroy this temple, I'll rebuild it in three days. And they couldn't believe it. They said it took 46 years to build this temple. And how he, but he was talking about himself. Jesus is the living temple. It would soon be destroyed by crucifixion, but then raised in resurrection life. True joy is not having this internal compass that says, follow me, follow me. It's one that says, hey, I've got to follow him. There's the temple. I've got to be where Jesus is going. Is Jesus about it? Then I'm about it. Can I find Jesus in it? Then I need to be in it. If I can't find Jesus in it, then maybe I need to make a difficult decision. What the psalmist so longed for is just a precursor of what we find in the man Jesus Christ, the, the God-man that came. In the pages of the New Testament, he tells the news. Every person who trusts in Jesus becomes a part, a, a living stone. Don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit dwells within you because we are part of the body of Christ? The temple of God is no longer this towering structure in Israel. It's His temple is the person and by extension, the gathered church together. So what does this tell me? Hashtag blessed <laughs> or truly blessed? Do you want a heart that is really free? Do you long to gather the strength that will help you endure this life's long and sometimes perilous road? Then if so, Psalm 84 is for you. Psalm 84 is for you. Anchor your hope in God. Don't worry what you need before you need it because God is going to be on time. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart are set on that pilgrimage. They pass through the valley of Baca. They make it a place of springs. The autumn rings cover it with pool, and they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back and we're going to sing another song today together. We're going to worship together again. And with this in mind, with this psalm in mind, I don't know where you're at on this journey. Maybe it's you're just before the pool. <laughs> Maybe it's still the valley of weeping and you haven't quite got to that place. Maybe you're just on the other side and you know what it's like to have God come through. Maybe you're longing for God to connect with you. But today, when you focus on Him and you focus on the person who is Jesus Christ, the living temple that we can all be a part of, you can find that blessing that is spoke about here. The psalmist talked about the journey, the place he longed to be, but he wasn't there yet. Maybe you're finding yourself 
in a stretch of road you never wanted to be on. Maybe you're finding yourself in that almost but not yet and it's difficult. Here, God's word explained today that there can be a blessing in that because this is what God just, just laid on my heart. He is, he's the author of the finish. He's the author of the finish. It's not how you start. It's not so much even the obstacles along the way. It's where you're going to finish. And God can write that story for you. Jesus, would you help us today? Would you give us the strength and the courage to make courageous prayers like inviting you into our life? God, there are some in the room, I feel they've been stuck in a cul-de-sac and they're longing to get out of it and get on that road that leads towards you. God, I pray that you would help them to say that courageous prayer that simply says, Jesus, come into my life and help me to follow you. Jesus, help me to see where you're going. God, thank you that those that say that prayer have started a new walk in you. And God, I pray for those that have loved you for so long that might just be in a difficult space to say, God, I need, I need to go to another strength, from strength to strength. It's hard right now. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would show them the blessing in the journey and be there right when they need it. The ticket to get on the train right in time. God, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have a need in your life today, we don't want you to leave without having someone pray with you. There's someone online right now that would love to connect with you and pray for you. We have a prayer wall right here in the room that uh, I just want to encourage you. There'll be people there that would love to pray with you. Before we leave today, I'd like to uh, pray corporately about the situation going on in our world and specifically in Afghanistan. Uh, it's difficult. It's heartbreaking. I don't even know the words to say. We don't know. We know that there's probably a lot more going on than what we even can see. But I know that there's power in prayer. And if we could add our voice to that. And as we pray today, ask God to do something, to do a miracle, to rescue those that need to be rescued. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray as a faith community, those joining us online, those in the room right now, God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would do a miracle in that country of Afghanistan through the chaos and, and uh, the treachery, God. I pray that you would save out those, God, those that need to come out, God. I pray that miraculously you would help them to get out. I pray for protection for every Christ believer and Christ follower because I know there are many there, God. Protect them, God. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would protect your church in Afghanistan. Protect those that have been helping the church protect those that need, God, a safe passage. God, you are our safe passage, and we pray that right now. Your will be done, God, in Jesus' name, that you would bring an end to this chaos. Oh, God, as only you can. God, show up and show off, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. If you feel led to pray more and maybe about this situation, uh, our former worship pastor, Pastor Trevor, is in Sherwood at Sherwood New Life, and they're going to be having tonight at 5.30 outside their church building uh, an outdoor worship and prayer night focused on what's going on in Afghanistan. So if you'd like to be a part of that, 5.30 in Sherwood at the Sherwood New Life Church, just out on the lawn, and uh, we told them we'd love to announce that, let you know you could be a part of that and support that.
until I, I see you again, I, I pray that God would bless you and keep you. I pray that God would turn his face towards you and shine his countenance on your life. And most importantly, he would give you peace in the journey. God bless you as you go live the life. Hey guys, this is Pastor Dave. I just want to say thank you for joining us today for this podcast. You know, at Family Life Church, our vision is to create a safe, authentic environment where people connect with Jesus. And we don't believe it's an accident that you joined us today. You know, if this message meant something to you, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on our website at myflc.org. Or you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Family Life Church Newburgh. And I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and you can listen regularly. And I just want to say thank you and God bless your week.